Welcome to Las Vegas. It is Saturday night. This is Tom Barton for TomBartonSports.com, and this is Heatwave Sports. Riding solo tonight for the next two hours. We have so much to talk about. Yeah, we're going to get into the UNLV big win. Big win, even though it's against Hawaii and they were supposed to win. It is still a big win. They're still racking up points, and they're still racking up wins on the way to, hey, about halfway to a bowl. That's pretty good. We're going to get into that. We will get into college football. A thriller at Wallace Wade Stadium down in Duke, North Carolina, uh, Notre Dame, and Duke down in North Carolina. That was a really good game. A couple of games today. We had 100 points scored in an SEC game. We're going to get into the whole college slate. Then we're going to get into the NFL because the NFL week, this is absolutely huge this week. Look, last week we had a bunch of double-digit favorites, and we thought, okay, this is going to be pretty easy. Well, if you're in a survivor pool, many people are knocked out because it wasn't so easy. We had four double-digit favorites that went off at double-digit favorites when you include Jacksonville, who was 9, 9.5 for most of the week, and then went off at 10. And they didn't do so well. This week, we really don't have any. We have one that's on the border, that Kansas City Jets game. So that means all the spreads are relatively close. We've had an up-and-down seesaw as of favorites and then underdogs. Underdogs are still ruling the day. Away teams are doing really well this year early on. Up and down, week one, all unders. Week two, all overs. Week three, all unders. Are we going to get the up and down seesaw or do the unders sort of rule the day? We'll get into that. Also, let's talk about going 0-4. What it does, what it impacts, and really the mindset of going 0-4. Someone who actually two teams are going to be 0-4 because we have two 0-3 teams going up against each other. What about the idea of going 4-0? We'll talk about that as well. And of course, your calls... 876-1340, 876-1340. Hit me up on Twitter tonight. It's at Tom Barton Sports. That's over on the X. I got to stop saying Twitter. It's at Tom Barton Sports. We'll get you a part of this. We'll also keep you up to date to the two games that are still going on in college football right now. Uh, there is no Hawaii game because, of course, UNLV played them. I'll touch on that. But right now we have Washington beating up on Arizona 31-17, but they do have the ball at about midfield. Four and a half minutes to go. Look, Washington, you can say, look, they, at this point, came into this game maybe with the best offense in college football. They haven't really shown it tonight, right? They got 31 points. Uh, Arizona has played well defensively. They had, had been playing really well defensively coming in. Holding Washington to 31 is actually a win, and that'll give you the kind of litmus test on Washington, but I'll give you the final there. Also, in a snooze fest in the making, Four minutes left in the third quarter, Fresno State, number 25, Fresno State, beating up on the Wolfpack over there from Reno, 20 to nothing. So I'll keep you up to date if anything goes on in that uh, basically game that's over. But we will talk a lot of college football tonight. We will get into the NFL uh, as well. And, and I have a lot of injury news that could be useful for you fantasy players out there. A lot of speculation as well. And you Raider fans, oh yeah, there's some big injury news. And besides just the obvious, there's some injury news on the other side for the San Diego slash Los Angeles Chargers that we should keep an eye on. So we're going to get into it all and unwrap it all. Look, I will start off with UNLV, right? I mean, it's a local team. It's a local flavor. Uh, While we get into college football, let's start with UNLV. This is a game against Hawaii that before the season began, me and Tim sat back and I said, you know, this is one of those dangerous games. Hawaii could be dangerous this year. They're a team that could score points. They're a team that 
you look at it and you say, yeah, you know what? I'm a little nervous about this Hawaii team. And I, I think for good reason. Look, they played Vanderbilt out on the island, lost by a touchdown. Played Stanford pretty well. Came back, they beat up on Albany. Okay, who cares? And they got crushed by Oregon. So, And then they go out and beat New Mexico State. So you go, what kind of, what kind of Hawaii team really is this, right? Yeah, they lost close to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's kind of shown to be an absolute fraud. Stanford, well, they look they look like garbage, and that was at home. Even in a loss, eh, it doesn't matter. You beat up on, on Albany, and you beat New Mexico State. I'm not doing backflips. And then how do you compare it to Oregon, who rolled up 55 and a 55 to 10 win? Oregon, let's be honest, they have national championship or you know kind of hype and aspirations. I didn't know what to make of this Hawaii team. Before the year, I thought they would be okay. I do believe that uh, the tragedy in Hawaii kind of affected them early in the season a little bit more than we think they did. But it's taking nothing away from this Hawaii team. I thought that they were going to be a better offensive team and probably struggle with defense, which they did. They gave up 35 against Vanderbilt. They gave up uh, 55 against Oregon. And then tonight, they lose 44-20 to to UNLV. But the story tonight isn't really about Hawaii. It's got to be about UNLV and this UNLV offense. It's an offense that we knew was going to carry the day. It's an offense that many of us, I said halfway to a bowl game. Look, they're about two games away. Many of us believe that these swing games would determine if they were a bowl eligible team or not. When we did our preview show, I was on the border. And I said, you know what? I think they're probably going to fall a game short. I was saying five, six, five, six. And, and, and I, I kind of went with five. A lot of people thought four. A lot of people out there, look, they thought seven, eight games. I still think the biggest tests are still to come. Uh, but while I had them winning at Bryant, I did have them losing to either Vanderbilt or Hawaii. And it was a toss-up. I thought at home, they would lose to one of the two. Well, they've won all of them. They have won four games. I don't care about the Michigan at all game at all. And I told you guys after the Bryant win, I said, I don't care about that win. And I don't care about the Michigan loss. And the Vanderbilt and the UTEP... Yeah, I mean, you know, you get excited about it because it's just adding wins and it's padding your stats. But this was their first real test as far as I'm concerned. It's the first Mountain West test. This was a dangerous team. Now, they came in as 11-point favorites, okay? So we expected a win, um, but they were still a, a somewhat dangerous team. They've now put up 44 points against Bryant, 40 against Vanderbilt, 45 against UTEP, 44 against Hawaii. We have been looking for a culture for the UNLV Rebels for a long time. Since I have been on the air, I feel as though, and we're going on uh, you know, 12, 13 years here, I feel as though the Hawaii football team has not had that signature, what do they do best, right? That, that here is who we are. You know, you mentioned Hawaii, going back to the days of June Jones, what do you know? They get a high fly, they can throw it all over the field, that's what they do. Right? You mentioned Nebraska, big, huge offensive lineman. Even if they're struggling, it doesn't matter. You know, certain teams do certain things. That is your identity. That is your school's identity, your team's identity. LSU, well, they got they got defensive backs, right? DBU. Okay. You go back and you you talk about what is a school's identity. And I've always believed that a school to be successful long term, and I'm not talking about national championships, I'm just talking about successful long term. What do you have to do? You have to establish an identity and roll with that identity. UNLV Rebels have not had a, an identity, basketball-wise and football-wise. There's been no identity and a national identity. Okay, I'm somebody that's been doing Las Vegas radio now for over a decade. 
I have a pulse on, on the people in Las Vegas. But they have a blind spot sometimes to the national audience. And the national audience is asking you, well, what? why should I pay attention to UNLV? What do they do? What do they do? Well, now this year, here's what we do. Here's what you do. UNLV Rebels this year, they rack up points. Right? They're an offensive juggernaut. That's what I don't care it's against these lower teams. That's what they do. If you're turning on a UNLV game and you're out of state, well, what are you going to expect? Oh, I expect UNLV to put up 40 points. And the thing is, is that moving forward, I don't think any of that is going to really end. No, 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 no. I'm looking at the schedule here. The Wolfpacker next week. I think that's five wins, guys. Right? I mean, you're talking about five wins. The rest of the way, you got to get one. Now, Colorado State's going to be tough. Colorado State could go punch for punch with you. They, they showed they could do it against Colorado. And I'm not making Colorado out to be a great team, okay? Uh, but Colorado's got a good offense. Colorado State showed they could go swing for swing with you. They could go out there. You want to put up 40? We, we can put up 40. So Colorado State will be a tough task. Fresno State, very tough. I just mentioned they're top 25 in the country now. Uh, you're going on the road there. At New Mexico, it's a winnable game. New Mexico is a winnable, winnable game. I know it's on the road, and I worry about this team on the road. Oh, but you look at this team and you go, okay, they, they had to take UMass to overtime. I know they played well against Wyoming today, but UMass went to overtime. So I think that could be your six, right? That could be the six. Wyoming will be tough there, but they're a really tough team this year. Okay, I know that they didn't look great in some of their ways. They're a really good team this year. So I, I just, I know it's at home, but I wouldn't expect much. And Air Force, the same thing. Air Force was minus 10 and a half today. One of the easiest bets on the board. Okay, if you're not paying attention to Air Force, you want to talk about rolling up offense, uh, 42-39-45-49. And, and this team scores. And oh, by the way, they are unbeaten. So going to Air Force, I can't give a win there. Toss-up games. Air Force, you could beat. Wyoming, they could beat. Fresno State, yeah, I, I, th- I think they're in that same class. Oh, Colorado State, you could beat. But I think you're looking at the Nevada, New Mexico, San Jose uh, State, uh, last game of the season. Those are the three games. And, and if you look at it from a really not rose-colored or rebel-colored glasses, you're saying to yourself, you got to win two of the three. Right? That's it. Got to win two of those three games for the rest of the year because you've set yourself up in that kind of position. Now, if you do more, that's great. But I've already started to see people jumping on Twitter and jumping on social media and on Facebook. Um, I'm in touch with with a lot of you guys and talking to me about winning the Mountain West, undefeated season, uh, you know, in, in conference. How can they sweep the board? I have said this to many fan bases, but mostly to UNLV Rebel fan bases over the years. Temper your expectations and you won't be let down. This is a building process. This is a building process where enjoy the moments that are given to you. Enjoy the fact that this team is 4-1. and one. Enjoy the fact they just rolled up 40 points in three straight games. Enjoy the fact that against a tough Hawaii team, there was no letdown. And there was a really a blowout. Enjoy the fact that maybe you found a new quarterback, right? I mean, you know, is that possible? Yeah, I think so. They're still running the ball just with with reckless abandon, which is in a very good way, 308 yards running today. Um, But look at the schedule and look at UNLV for what they are. And that is a team that is destined to go to a bowl game. 
and a, probably a pretty good bowl game because I don't think they only win two more games the rest of the year. Today's game made me a believer, if you would like to say. Meaning, again, in the preseason, I'll be the first one to admit, I was on the border, and you heard me going back and forth. You heard it. The the debate in my own head came out across the airwaves. I said, I, I would like to say this is a six-win team, but they might only win five. And, and as a matter of fact, I was the highest of anybody that we had on the show that night. I was the highest. And I said, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I got to see them win on the road. I, I need to. And guess what? I kind of still do. I didn't expect them to win on the road against Michigan, but I did expect them to win on the road against UTEP. Fresno State will be tough. Air Force will be tough. But New Mexico and Nevada, you, you should win. You should win that game. But I have converted. I've converted to UNLV as a bowl team. Have I gotten to the point that UNLV can compete for a Mountain West title? No, not yet. It looked at, it might be a slow conversion for me. That's a good thing. It's a good thing for UNLV that I'm on the wrong side of them this year. I've been right for so many years and it hasn't made me happy that I'm right. But I like that I have so far been proven wrong. Now look, the wheel, you can say, and then there will be people say, hey, the wheels could fall. Yeah, the wheels could. I just don't think so. And I don't even know if Tim would agree with me. We we'll get his take tomorrow night. Um, I don't know if Tim's going to agree with me, but I, I think to me, look, they're, they're a bowl team now. Now it's a matter of, can you get me to believe and can you get the fans to believe and can you get the fans in attendance to start coming out to the game to believe that not only is this a bowl team, but it's something special. But my expectations are lowered because if it's only a bowl team, that's a great improvement. If it's only a bowl team, they probably found the right coach. If it's only a bowl team, it's the best season you've seen in years. So the floor at this point is really a height that hasn't been seen in a while. UNLV has converted me with this game. This is the game that did it. Vanderbilt was a nice win. Little fluky, right? Okay. A down Vanderbilt team, but it was an SEC team. I, I like all that. Hawaii was the game. Because this is the game where they normally would trip up. Home game, 10-point favorite, but a Hawaii, dangerous Hawaii team. You, you converted me. And you converted me to a point of, I look at who is in front of them. The Wolfbacker garbage. Uh, pure garbage. Okay? You got to get a win there. It, would it shock me if you beat Colorado State at home? No. I don't think they're going to Fresno State. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think that. that. That might be a road too far right now. At New Mexico? win that game. Wyoming might be a road too far. Air Force might be a road too far. Right now. Right now. And then San Jose State to win. So I have been, I started the year at five, six wins. I have been like seven wins now. It's a two-game swing. One to two-game swing, depending on how you're looking at it. It's a big improvement to get me to come there, and I hope that you guys came there as well. It's a big game today. Don't look at this as, as uh, beating a Hawaii team at home as a 10-point favorite as just kind of a layup. It was not a layup. This is a dangerous Hawaii team in a dangerous spot where past UNLV Rebel teams would have let you down here. Past UNLV Rebel teams would have slept, walked through this game, and somehow or another Hawaii uh, would, have, would have scored late and maybe taken the game. That's that's in the past. That's what we are used to. It's a different, different culture there. And you could feel the culture being very different. 
All right, guys, the two scoring updates before we take our quick break here. Washington now up only by seven. I told you Arizona was fighting in this game. 31-24, a minute eight to go. Arizona just scored a touchdown, so they're going to kick it off to Hawaii, try to get a three and out, get the ball back. Maybe a miracle happened. I will keep you up to date there. Um, it is it is hot. They are dragging out there. It's 93 degrees at this time of night. They are dragging out there. Maybe that helps out Arizona for this last minute eight. Fresno State tacked on another one. Uh, Fresno State now up 26 to nothing with about 12 minutes to go over the Wolfpack to a 27 to nothing. They just kicked the extra point over the Wolfpack team that I called garbage. And that's exactly what they are. All right, guys, let's take a quick timeout. Come on back when we do. Talk a little bit more college football. We will get into every single game in the NFL tonight from London to the Swifties and everything in between right here on Heatwave Sports. All right, guys, welcome back to Heatwave Sports. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. Hey, guys, listen, we, we had a real interesting college football day today. Uh, I did want to start with UNLV because, it, look, I don't want to undercut how good of a win that was. And I feel that people might because you're, you're supposed to win, quote unquote. And games that you're supposed to win sort of get overlooked sometimes. And we can talk about the the idea of the culture growing up. We can talk about the idea of who this team is and now what they are. Um, but you can just look around at the NFL. You can look around college football. You can look around high school football, whatever it might be. It's a lot of times where you're supposed to doesn't turn out, out to be the right way. And I always kind of just say, look, you have to win those games that you're supposed to win. That's step one in your growing process. It just is. And, and uh, you know, that, that's what they did tonight. So they had to win that game. Uh, let's take a look at some of the other games around the league because there was some real entertaining games. Ole Miss LSU was kind of billed as the game, one of the games of the day. Okay, number 13, LSU, number 20, Ole Miss, the SEC, you know the hoopla that's coming with that. You know the overexcitement that's coming with that. Ole Miss wins this one 55 to 49. Not what you're used to with an LSU team that is supposed to be a good defensive team. But if you've watched them this year, they haven't been a good defensive team. Florida State rolled up 45 points and just dominated in the second half of that game. Arkansas put up 31 in a, in a loss. Arkansas lost last week, but they still put up 31 at home in, in LSU. And now they let up 55 against Ole Miss. Ole Miss loves this style. Ole Miss wants to go out there and just say, okay, we're going to keep scoring and scoring and scoring and see if you can stop us. Uh, look, what I, what I think we know, I don't even think we learned. I, I think what we know um, about what we watched here is the SEC is having a down year. There's just no way around it, guys. The SEC this year is just having a down year. And you start to look at the top 25, and you start to look at and you see the LSUs dropping out, and Alabama already has a loss, and Georgia plays no one. You start to do the math in your head, and you're going, could this be the year that SEC falls off? Could it be the year where they don't get a team in the Final Four? I I don't, you know... I don't know if the voters will allow that. I don't know if the television people will allow that. But I think it's a weaker conference than a lot of conferences in America right now. You can make a very, very, very compelling case that not only is the Pac-12 better, which I I definitely think the Pac-12 is better this year. You can make a very compelling case now with Penn State kind of joining the ranks 
that, in fact, the Big Ten is better. And, and I think that, to me, that's sort of obvious. Could you make a case that the ACC is better? I know, listen, I know that Clemson is down, but uh, Duke looked right there. Duke was right there. I would make a case that the ACC is better this year. So, <laughs> you know, you start to get into it and you go, all right, well, well, it's a Big 12. I mean, is the Big 12 better? The SEC has taken a tumble down the rankings. That's what has happened here. Uh, speaking of the Pac-12, Washington just went final. They were able to hold on 31-24 over Arizona in a dogfight that they simply didn't want, but they got out alive. Um, Washington is becoming a very, very dangerous team. Here's another case of a clear letdown spot for Washington on the road against a tough Arizona defense. They let him back into this game. Washington was in full control. It's not going to look that pretty. Get, get, you walk away with a win. You get out of there with a win. Uh, other Pac-12 action, Oregon smoked Stanford. A, a big letdown spot here for them, right? I mean, national attention. I know Colorado's not a good team, but national attention game. They go out. They spank them. And then, oh, wait a minute. Now we got to go travel and, and go on the road to Stanford in between having to go to Washington. Next three games to Oregon is absolutely brutal, by the way. At Washington, Washington State, Utah. At Utah. Brutal. But if Oregon can get through this, you're looking at the Oregon Ducks and you're saying, yeah, this is a team that uh, they might be competing for a title. In what is a strong Pac-12, they go up to watch. I, I think the winner of that way, and I know Washington's got a tough rough end of the schedule as well. I think the winner of next week's Washington-Oregon game could be the decider of who wins it, because I'm not believing in USC. I'm just not. I didn't believe in USC before today. USC wins today 48-41 over that Colorado team that I told you. Massively overrated team. And you can tell me that they came back today, and you can tell me that it was a fight, and you can tell me all this stuff. What we know about USC is they could score on anybody, but they can't play defense. What we know about Colorado, they could score on anybody, can't play defense. I mean, that, that, that's reality at this point. One-dimensional teams, which has always been the moniker for the Pac-12, by the way. One-dimensional teams has always been the moniker for the Pac-12. It's always been uh, kind of what's holding them back has been the one-dimensional team aspect. And a lot of the, a lot of times they are. I think Oregon and Washington won too. I think USC is, is behind them. And Caleb Williams, can we stop the gushing and, and drooling over Caleb Williams? Can we calm it down a little? Guy is a phenomenal talent. I heard somebody, and I'm not going to mention who, somebody on this network uh, threw out a wild, ridiculous, out-of-control accusation of a trade package for an NFL team to give up their best player, a bunch of firsts. I mean, what do we do for a guy that's never played a, a down in here? You know, can we can we lower the bar for a guy that's never played in the NFL? Can we lower the bar? Andrew Luck was the best prospect I've ever seen. If you want to say he's on Andrew Luck's level, that's great. How many rings does Andrew Luck have? So let's calm down with the over-drooling, over-tripping over ourselves about Caleb Williams. He's a really good prospect. He's a really good player. Uh, let, let's calm down with, with the out-of-control. And I, look, one of the problems I've had in my career is I don't say things for clickbait. When I say things, I mean them. I'm not looking for 
you know, oh, I'm just going to say something wild, get people stirred up. I think it's, it's disingenuous. I won't do it. These idiots are doing it all over the place. All right, back to the games. Oklahoma puts up 50. They win 50 to 20 over Iowa State. Uh, Oklahoma now 5-0. and Quietly. Oklahoma's 5-0. and Quietly. They're number 14 team in the country. No one's paying attention to Oklahoma. No one's looking at Oklahoma. No one in the country is staring at Oklahoma. Yet they just put up 50. They just went 5-0. and They could creep inside the top 10 relatively soon. And they still have that date with Texas coming up. Oklahoma is suddenly a player here. Don't overlook Oklahoma in the national picture. Tennessee all over South Carolina, 41 to 20. South Carolina has their, their moments. They just can't seem to get over the hump. And quarterback is good. They just can't seem to get over the hump. And Tennessee, by the way, still doing what Tennessee does. You want to talk about one-dimensional. That's what Tennessee is, right? One-dimensional team putting up 41. Alabama puts up 40 on the road against Mississippi State. I'm not making too much about the two and three Mississippi State, but Alabama trying to get things right. Offensively, they were kind of a, a mess. Offensively, they realized they had some problems. They put up 40 in almost, to me, this is almost a statement game. It was almost a statement game for them to throw up 40. Kentucky beats Florida. Florida knocked out of the top 25. Florida now has two losses. They shouldn't have been in the top 25. They are officially out. They go on the road to Kentucky. Kentucky absolutely rips them 33-14, to 14, and it wasn't that close for those that were watching. Um, so Florida outside of the top 25. Florida is done. I mentioned Penn State. We want to talk about quiet. You want to talk about under the radar. When I hear people talking about the national scope, the national picture, what is coming on on the national board, all you hear is, well, Michigan's going to play Ohio State, and that'll that'll kind of clear up the Big Ten. You know, once Michigan plays Ohio State, well, that'll clear that all up. Well, number six Penn State is now 4-0. They just went on the road against a good defensive team, put up 41 in a 41-13 beatdown. After they did that last week against a good defensive team in Iowa. Penn State is a dangerous, dangerous team here, guys. Do not overlook what Penn State can do this year, what Penn State has already begun to do. Penn State came into the season as one of those teams you said, hmm, they get things rolling. Look, West Virginia, Delaware, Illinois, those are all supposed to be wins. Knocked off 24 Iowa. Like I said, 31 nothing is impressive. 41-13 today. They got UMass next week. Okay, they'll crush them. Um, even in a look-ahead spot, doesn't matter. Then you go to Ohio State, to the horseshoe, on the road, Saturday the 21st. Big game there. Indiana at Maryland. Maryland's uh, under the radar, pretty good team too. Then they get Michigan at home. Rutgers, Michigan State, at Michigan State. They have Michigan at home. They have Indiana at home. Maryland on the road, still a winnable game. I, I, they should win the game, I should say. Rutgers, they should win that game. At Michigan State, they should win that game. That Ohio State game in two weeks now looms enormous. Not large, enormous for the national scope and the national picture that we're trying to, to concoct here. Penn State can squeeze their way in. Penn State can suddenly be a player here, guys. Yeah. Uh, talking about Michigan, they had no problem with Nebraska, who just can't score. Nebraska's a mess. They can't score. 45-7. to they, they, they just they can't get out of their own way. Absolutely can't. Missouri beat up on Vanderbilt. 
Vanderbilt, uh, another team, and they haven't covered a spread yet this year. For you, you gamblers out there, the, the anti-Vanderbilt thing is just fantastic. Um, I mentioned Texas. Texas put up 40 against Kansas. It could have been a tricky spot. Texas was a uh, 15-point favorites there. 40 to 14. Texas looks like they are rolling right along this season. It's going to be the showdown, which suddenly a, a an upstart Oklahoma, who is your rival, that is suddenly becoming a fun one too, right? Texas Oklahoma suddenly has a little bit of juice to it. That's next week. That's going to be next week. So we're gonna we're gonna know it a lot at this time next week when all of a sudden, wait, whoa, 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 the the. Big 12 is interesting. Yeah, the Big 12 can get really interesting. And like I said, the Pac-12, a lot of this is going to be cleaned up. And that's why I never care about uh, really rankings before time. I think preseason rankings are the stupidest thing I've ever seen. You don't even see these guys on the field and give them preseason rankings. But most of the time, it's okay. I don't get crazy about preseason rankings because it's going to work itself out. It's going to clear itself up. Next week, the Pac-12 clears itself up. Next week, the Big 12 clears itself up. It could give Texas a huge boost. Could make Oklahoma now a threat. It's either going to give Washington or Oregon a massive boost. Well, let's talk about that number one team in the country. Georgia and Auburn. I have said for weeks now, Georgia has no right being number one in the country. I don't care what they did two years ago. I don't care what they did last year. You are what you show me for this season. And for this season... Georgia has played no one. And Georgia has not looked good in playing no one. Yes, they're 5-0. and Oh, you can tell me, you U.S. or SEC, you know, lovers out there, all the SEC marks that are going crazy, you drool all over it and tell me it's a tough road game against an Auburn team. No, it's not for the number one team in the country. Stop it. Auburn is an unranked team. I don't care it's on the road. Georgia... You win 27-20 today, and I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed with Georgia at all this year. Let me make that perfectly clear. Beating up on UT Martin and Ball State and UAB, that's not moving the needle for me. You barely escaped Oregon, and South Carolina gave you everything you wanted. Two unranked teams. I do not care. That is SEC against SEC. Guess why? Because the SEC isn't what the SEC once was. It just wasn't. It's. I'm sorry, it's not. The SEC is having a down year. So for me to w- look at the SEC, look at how they've competed, stare at the SEC schedule and say they're having a down year, yet we're giving Georgia the benefit of the doubt and putting them number one? Yet we're throwing Georgia in there at the num- as the number one team? Without no 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 pushback? Come on, guys. You can't tell me right now that what Texas did beating an Alabama team, okay, in the fashion that they did, that's not more impressive. You can't tell me right now that what Florida State did going on the road against Clemson and beating LSU isn't more impressive. You can't sit there and t- say that about any of them. I'd argue Washington's schedule is more impressive. I'd argue, uh, you know, maybe Oregon State's more impressive. I'd argue uh, maybe Michigan's schedule's not that impressive. I I think the one, two teams in the country shouldn't be top five yet. I mean, the schedule says they'll get there. But to me, not yet. And then we go to the game of the day. And it proved to be the game of the day. It was the game of the day where all the national media was. 
the game of the day where the attention was, and both teams really brought it. Notre Dame at Duke, Wallace Wade Stadium. I've been in the stadium. It got so loud there tonight. I was stunned. Stunned that it was the same stadium because I've been there. It's hard to get loud at that stadium. I know they've done renovations since I've been there, but still. Uh, Notre Dame comes in with a 21-14 win. Duke had this game wrapped up. Duke came back in this game, okay? Then Duke had this game wrapped up. They came with a little fight. They went to the ground game and started bullying Notre Dame, which was an interesting tactic and, and wound up working out. This was all on Hartman's shoulders, though. Really, it was. There was a fourth and sixteen call, where it was a, it was a passing call. He looked, he looked, he looked. He had all day to sit back and look, and he tucked and ran, and he got seventeen tough yards, needing sixteen. They stop him there. Duke wins the game. Fourth and sixteen, an undesigned, not mobile quarterback run gets him the first down and gets him the win. After that, Notre Dame, the next play or two plays later, running back runs it in for a touchdown, and Duke just couldn't catch up. Um, Riley Leonard, the quarterback for Duke, had a great game. He looked really good. This Duke team is for real. It, it really is for real. Now, Notre Dame, they have that loss. But Notre Dame is one of those one-loss teams that could get back into us because of their strength of schedule. They went out there. They're not part of a conference. And if they were, they'd be dominating the ACC. That's what Notre Dame fans want to tell you. They won 30 straight games against the ACC. You put Notre Dame officially in the ACC, they would humiliate them. They would dominate. They'd win every conference championship. That's what Notre Dame fans want to scream. They have they have the receipts to back a lot, a lot of that up. A lot of that, okay? Um, but it also goes to say, hey, the ACC has more than just Florida State. Duke is a real player here. Right? I mean, Duke is a player. Duke gets this win. Duke came into this game 17. They controlled the game late in the game. That one play really was it. If Duke wins this game against Notre Dame, Notre Dame's national title hopes are done. I don't even know if Duke makes the top 10. That's how non-respect factor that we're giving the ACC here. But Notre Dame does win. And they were 11. They just beat a top 25 team. They did it on the road. Forget about the name Duke. So what do we do with Notre Dame? I mean, we're talking about a situation where I'm I'm praising the Big Ten and what they have. I'm praising the Pac-12, what they have. I'm telling you that just because of TV rights and everything else, you, you almost know the SEC's putting a team in there. Uh, if Texas keeps rolling right along, or Oklahoma, they're going to put one of those in. Someone's going to be left out this year. And then you throw the Notre Dame factor in there. Notre Dame's sitting here Ranked 11th, yeah, they have a loss, okay? They have a three-point loss to Ohio State. That's their loss. They have Louisville next. That's not going to move the needle too much, okay? But this should get them inside the top 10. Then they have USC. Albeit at home, it's still USC. That'll move them up a little bit. They get that win. Pitt after that at Clemson. Clemson's not having that year. That could move them up a little bit. The more I look at this, Notre Dame fans, the more I look at this schedule, the more I go, I think they're just going to fall just short. Just short. You need For Notre Dame to win without a conference schedule, you needed to beat Ohio State. You needed to beat Duke. You needed to beat USC. Uh, you needed to beat Clemson. You needed Clemson. If Clemson was Clemson, maybe you didn't. But you needed all these teams to be good, and they're not. Clemson is not Clemson. They're not going to give you the pump. So Notre Dame is 11. 
let's say they move up one spot here, right, with this win. 10, maybe even 9. 9-10. Louisville won't move them up, so we'll say 9-10 still. USC, well, USC is ranked 8th. Let's say they take their place. Let's say you, they beat USC. They're what, 7-8? Seven, 7-8, eight. Seven, eight, we'll say even. Pitt's not going to move the needle. Clemson, let's say Clemson solidifies them at 7. Maybe even 6, right? Well, I'll even go crazy and say 6. Wake Forest not moving you. Stanford's not moving you. I think the absolute ceiling for Notre Dame is like five. Unless Duke goes on, wins the rest of their games. USC goes on and wins it back 12. Clemson doesn't lose another game for the rest of the season, except for Notre Dame. And even then, I don't think it's enough. So Notre Dame fans, great win today. I still think that Hartman should be the leading front runner for the Heisman right now. I think that Notre Dame will have an argument to be had at the end of the year. I think there's going to be a lot of upset Irish fans if the season goes sort of the way that I just described it. But guys, the more I look at the schedule, the more I look at the landscape, the more I look at everything else, I think they're going to fall just a little short. All right, one score, one game is remaining on the board. Like I said, number 25, Fresno State's been handling their way. They are now up 27-2. to Yeah, there's a two there. 27 to 2, safety by the Wolfpack. Six minutes to go in the fourth. The game's not in worry. It's just the final score. Let's take a quick timeout. Come on back. Got a couple of more things, and then we're going right into the NFL right here on Heatwave Sports. All right, guys. Welcome back. Heatwave Sports. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com. And we have a full slate of NFL games to talk about. I have stats, trends, analysis, everything coming up for the next hour. Uh, but we have a game going off here rather quickly, <laughs> right? We have a game going off uh, at 6.30 a.m. from oh, London, and I will not attempt to do an English accent for you. Uh, so let's get into that game before anything else, right? Um, Jaguars a three-point favorite. The Jacks are starting to get a little slack here. People are, people are talking trash about the Jaguars. And I think it's because the Jaguars are supposed to be better than they are right now. The Jaguars had big aspirations. I was somebody that was all over the Jags. I thought they'd have the best record in the NFL. I did. I, I didn't have them winning the Super Bowl, but I thought they'd have the best record in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence was getting all kinds of tickets come running in on his MVP campaign. He doesn't look great right now. Or so the stats say, right? You look at Trevor Lawrence and you go, ah, yeah, I don't know. His stats don't blow me away right now. But it's the underlying things that you have to pay attention to. Yeah, you have to. You can't look at this game in just black and white. Trevor Lawrence has three touchdowns, two interceptions. He's got a 41.4 QBR. It's awful. Oh, man, that's terrible. Has not thrown for 300 yards yet this year. Terrible. He's been sacked six times in three games. Ouch. But I look at this and I go... You know, I watched every snap of every Trevor Lawrence game so far this year. And maybe I'm an apologist. You can call me an apologist. But what I've watched is this. The first game against Indianapolis, look, he looked good. He was efficient. Uh, He only stepped back to throw 32 times. 75% completion percentage. Two touchdowns. The The interception that he had was one of the flukier interceptions that you'll ever see. His his quarterback rating was 103.8. You can't get mad about that. That's That's... Heading towards an MVP campaign. 75% completion percentage, two touchdowns, 
right? 103.8 rating. Yeah, that is absolutely a great game. He comes back the next week against Kansas City in a game where I watched five times guys in the back of the end zone not able to get their feet in. Now, you can blame Trevor Lawrence. Maybe he didn't have the touch on the ball or whatever. Um, when you watch the game, you're going, oh, how did you not get your feet in? Oh, how did that not happen? Oh, oh, what was that? Ooh. So he didn't look good. 53.7% completion percentage. Got sacked four times. He didn't look good in that game. And then last week, the Houston game. He was efficient. 68% completion percentage. He'll take that any day. Seven yards per throw. I, that, that's acceptable. Just couldn't kind of punch it into the end zone. He couldn't punch it into the end zone. And, and they lost the game because of very fluky things. There is a rating out there. I don't know how much you want to put towards this, but there is a rating out there, guys, that talks about the most unlucky teams. And the most unlucky teams um, are when weird things happen. How does this happen? You think of fullbacks returning a kick very often. You think there's going to be a punt return. Well, the Jaguars are the most unlucky team right now in the NFL. That's a statistic. Um, Trevor Lawrence went to Twitter. If you remember years ago, when Patrick Mahomes was just coming up, I think it was his second year or the third year in the league, the NFL does their top 100. And the NFL did their top 100. And um, what what happened was he wasn't number one. And he just went to Twitter and he put a little dude taking notes. Came back on MVP season, right? Well, Trevor Lawrence did the same thing this week. He's hearing everybody. Or so he's saying. I'm hearing you. I hear what's going on. Now the guy traveled to London. And while they are often there, they don't do great in London. And they're taking on an Atlanta Falcons team. It's a little bit of an upstart. But I think that this is the sort of make or break game for the Jaguars season. I know it's early. You can lose this game to get to the playoff, sure. But to silence the fans, get people back on your side, get people back excited about Lawrence, get people back excited about everything that you do. Don't they have to kind of throw the hammer down here? Don't they have to sort of go out there and say, look at me, look at us, watch what we can do? And this is the kind of team to do it against. Atlanta has been exposed as a very one-dimensional team, which we sort of knew would be John Robinson, right? They were going to run, 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 run. They ran the ball more than anybody else last year. But you get out in front of them, okay, they're going to have to play catch-up. And Desmond Ritter is just not it. As a matter of fact, I don't expect Desmond Ritter to be the starting quarterback in a couple of weeks. I think they're going to turn to Taylor Heineke, who gives them a better chance to win. And you look at that and you go, okay, that's that's the formula to win. Well, if that's the formula to win, what what really is the formula? Well, that is get out in front and start catching passes. Calvin Ridley has dropped more passes this year, than, and this is reality, than anybody else in the league. He's dropped more passes this year than anyone in the league, guys. That's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? If you're the offense, I expect Jacksonville Jaguars to know what is in order here. They could stumble through this game. They could fall to one and three and come back and still win this horrible division. But this horrible division isn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Look, the Colts are shutting me up. I thought they'd be the worst team in the league. Nope, doesn't look like that. Uh, CJ Stroud is shutting up a lot of critics. He looks pretty good, right? So you go, maybe it's not as easy. You have to start to kind of wake up and wake up for Trevor Lawrence. This is on him now. He is getting drops. I get it. Receivers are dropping balls. Getting unlucky. Yeah, I get it. 
But eventually, if you're going to be a good quarterback, an elite quarterback in this league, you've got to get past those things. You've got to step up. I am looking at this Jaguars game as if it was on the regular slate of games and going, yeah, this is a spot that I like. I don't like to travel with a young team, even if it is London and they're used to it. I don't like that. But it goes the same thing for Atlanta. I think Atlanta is a lot, a lot more dangerous than we gave them credit for. Um, Bates has really turned it around. Was he got three interceptions already this year? He's really turned around that defense. But it's still a one-dimensional team. Jacksonville comes out here, and they perform the way that we thought that they were going to perform. They get out to a little bit of a lead. Suddenly, all of a sudden, we go, wow, there's a different Jaguars team. And I think that that is what we're going to see tomorrow morning. A different kind of Jaguars team. For those, those guys that aren't maniacs and won't wake up for the game, you're going to wake up. And if you see the score and you go, ah, it's 41-10 Jacksonville, you're not going to be shocked. That's almost what we expected out of Jacksonville. All right, guys. Um, real quick before we take our break, go check out TomBartonSports.com. TomBartonSports.com. I got three plays on the board. I have had a winning NFL week every single week so far this year. Uh, Tim talked about it. We're in the, the Super Contest. Four and one last week. Okay. I absolutely love what I have going for you this week. It's TomBartonSports.com, but you won't only get the week. You're going to get the entire month. You get one full month. The entire month of October is yours for one price. There's no upgrades. There's no commission. There's none of it. None of it. There's no sales calls. Every single game, every single game that I give out in every single sport that I give you is all available to you. No upgrades, no commission, nothing. It's TomBartonSports.com. It's TomBartonSports.com. All right. Hour number two, we're going to go over any every NFL game. I'm going to give you our free picks, our best bets. We are crushing it. Absolutely crushing it. Last week on the show, Chris Wynn sat here and said that the Miami Dolphins will boat race and basically called out Denver to be humiliated. That's exactly what happened. Tim hit his Timmy teaser as well. I got Timmy's teaser on the other side of the break as well as my free pick, which are now two and one after three weeks as well. All of that and more right after the break, right here on Heatwave Sports. All right, guys, hour number two, Heatwave Sports. Tom Barton from TomBartonSports.com here. Heatwave Sports taking you right until the top of the hour. We're talking everything in the NFL. I want to hear from you guys at Tom Barton Sports over on The X, formerly known as Twitter. We do have a final. Fresno State wins that game 27 to 9. They should move up there in the top 25 rankings as they continue their march. So that, that could be a good game. UNLV eyeing that game uh, in a couple of weeks here. That that should be pretty good. Let me give you a little bit of statistics when we're talking about teams that are staring at 0-4. Vikings and Panthers, Broncos and Bears, all staring at 0-4. And ladies and gentlemen, they all play each other. So we're going to have two 0-4 teams. Well, I don't know how many playoff aspirations the Vikings, Panthers, Broncos, and Bears had. Uh, Vikings for sure, uh, but they are basically dashed how they if they lose this game. We have talked about the numbers going zero and two. Um, about ten percent of teams make the playoffs after going just zero and two. Going zero and three, well, it was three point six percent of teams have made the playoffs after going zero and three. It takes a, a miraculous comeback, and it's not in your favor. Well, going 0-4, oh, there's only been one team ever to go 0-4, that is the 1992 Chargers, and then make the playoffs. 
Stan Humphreys is the only quarterback to do it. Um, they started 0-4 and then won 11 of their next 12 games to finish the regular season, and they won the division. They won the AFC West. You look at this and you go, if you're 0-4, I can tell you right now, the, the Broncos aren't winning the division and <laughs> coming back. It's going to be... It's going to be the end for the Broncos. It might already be the end for the Chicago Bears. You go 0-4, you're not winning anything. You're, you're pretty much done anyway. Same thing with the Panthers, even though they're in a winnable division. The Vikings are the team that really this really impacts. Last season won 13 games. 11 of those 13 games decided by one game, uh, by one score. And we knew that couldn't last. So Vikings take on the Panthers. They're four and a half point favorite. People are loading up on the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of money coming in on the Vikings because they are the better team. I, I mean, they just are. The Panthers, they are playing with a backup quarterback. But I think that they have a better chance to win with a backup than what, what they currently have. Young is, is the future there. I get it. But if Andy Dalton's playing, he's the better of the two quarterbacks. But I think they're throwing Young back into this thing. And you're going up against Kirk Cousins in an absolute must-win spot. Kirk Cousins right now leads the NFL in completions, leads the NFL in yards, leads the NFL in touchdowns. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of speculation that Kirk Cousins might be on the trading block if they lose this game. So I'm looking at this and I'm I'm kind of intrigued, right? I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued to the point of, we all think the Vikings are going to come out and win this game, but the Panthers' defense has been pretty good. Now, they are dealing with uh, a middle linebacker who will be out. Thompson's going to be out for the season. That hurts them a little bit. Panthers are dangerous. And, and now all the pressure is squarely on the Vikings' shoulders on the road. It's a tough game. I, I Look, I get every single person that is telling me that the Minnesota Vikings should win this game, have to win this game. It doesn't make me feel easy with the expectations, with the pressure, and then on the road, I, I, it doesn't make me feel easy. It makes me feel better that Bryce Young is there. There's no way I'm taking the Panthers. It makes me feel better that Bryce Young is there, though. Broncos-Bears. The Broncos gave up 70 points, lost last week by 50. Let me uh, repeat that. They gave up 70 points last week, third most ever in regular season in the NFL. They lost by 50, and they're three-and-a-half-point road favorites against a healthy Bears team. And I say healthy, look, Eddie Jackson's out the safety, but but it's basically a healthy Bears team. Okay? That's how bad people believe the Chicago Bears team is. And I can't really blame them. The Bears with Justin Fields, 5-23. and 23. He's been stacked over 100 times in his career already, guys. Matt Eberflus, 3-17 and 17 of the head coach of the Chicago Bears. The worst percentage of any coach that has ever coached the Chicago Bears. Last time the Bears won a game, October 24th, 2022. Chicago has dropped its last six games by 10 points or more. Chicago has lost 13 consecutive games, allowing 25 or more points in all of them. Longest streak in the history of the NFL. The Bears are a dumpster fire. But suddenly last week, I started to see a little bit of Justin Fields maybe running away. Going into last week, he had two design runs all week, all year. Now this is a defense in the Broncos. Forget about the 70 for a minute, okay? Because, yeah, 70 is 70. They let up 35 
to Sam Howell. They let up Sam Howell come back all the way back, put up 21 points in the second half against them. His defense is bad, really bad. Now, I keep saying that Russ is cooked, okay? But you know he hears that as well. And now he goes up against a defense that has absolutely just been pathetic. The Broncos are going to score some points. But Denver's defense, guys, let's not make this all about Russell Wilson. Denver's defense is allowing 7.2 yards per play. The best offense in the history of the NFL averaged seven. On Sunday, this team missed 24 tackles. If the Chicago Bears have any pride left, and I don't know that they do, if the Chicago Bears have any life left, and I don't know that they do, they will score some points. Their offense will get going, and this will be a game. I don't know how anybody could go out there and feel comfortable betting the Broncos giving three and a half points after what you watched. Not the last week. Don't say it's a one-off. No, no, no. After what you watched the last two weeks. Because in the last two weeks, they've allowed 105 points. In the last two weeks, it wasn't just Tua and that explosive offense. It was Sam Howell and Washington. How can you lay three and a half points like that? And the, and the same thing goes for the Chicago Bears. Read off the numbers again. You know, if you're taking three and a half points, you're kind of just assuming that the Bears are going to win this game or they got a chance to win this game. And the numbers say that they don't. The numbers show that the Chicago Bears, uh, forget about winning the game, won't even be in the game. That's what the numbers sit here and say. So, a tough game. Uh, at the 46 and a half, starting to sort of like the Bears over there and, and the Broncos over, starting to kind of say, yeah, maybe. But you look at the Bears and you go, look, I, I think Denver's going to score, right? The Bears put up 20 against the Packers, 17 against the Bucks, 10 against the Chiefs. Do we really sit back and say we have a, a, a good feel for the Bears? And 47 points in three games? Do we have a good feel for the Bears with four interceptions and three touchdown passes? Do we have a good feel for the Bears that, that you know, have had 13 sacks against them. 13 sacks in three games, guys. It's nearly impossible. I lean the over. Maybe that would be it. That would be it for me. Ravens-Browns. Here's a good game. And a lot of um, injury applications here that we have to talk about. First of all, the Ravens are all banged up, but they're starting to get a little bit healthy, right? Got an offensive lineman back this week. Justice Hill looks like he's going to play as well. So they're starting to get a little bit healthier than they have been. The Browns, meanwhile, watched Deshaun Watson come off the field on Thursday, and people panicked. Deshaun Watson came off the field with a shoulder injury. Oh, wait a minute. Now, he was back in there, but in a limited sense. So you're playing with without Nick Chubb. And I know Ford looks, looked okay, but he's not Nick Chubb. So you're playing without Nick Chubb. You're playing without Deshaun Watson. I will say this, though. Cleveland has the best defense in the NFL up until this point. Miles Garrett has been amazing. Give up three to the Titans, 26 to the Steelers, but let's be honest, three to the Titans, three to the Bengals. The Steelers, a lot of that was defense, right? I mean, a lot of that was uh, pure defense. 7 nothing was the score. Why? Interception return for a touchdown. Um, Deshaun Watson sack, fumble, touchdown. There's been one touchdown. Kenny Pickett with one touchdown all year against the Browns. One. 
The Ravens, meanwhile, have not exactly just taken to water this new offense. They're doing okay. Okay, it's okay. And they almost lost to the Bengals. The banged-up, hurting Joe Burrow. They almost lost to the Colts. Oh, actually, they did lose to the Colts. And then they played the Texans a little bit closer than you'd think. Ravens are not impressive right now. What is impressive is the Ravens as an underdog. As an underdog, the Ravens are 19-3-1, last 23 games as an underdog. Cleveland, 0-4 after a win with Deshaun Watson. It's a big game for Deshaun. I know he's injured. I know he's banged up. I get that. It's a big game for him. Kind of step in here and and say to people, look, you know, I can carry this team. Right now, we don't know. It's been Nick Chubb's team for so long that when you need it to be the highest paid player in the NFL, sorry, that makes me gag to say that he's the highest paid player in the NFL. But the the highest paid player in the NFL, you got to step up. You got to do something here. I think it's a defensive battle. The total is 38. So it'll fall all the way down to 38. So it's kind of unbettable for me. But it's a defensive battle. I think it's a last possession type of game. And who do you want the ball with here? Do you want it with Lamar Jackson in a brand new offense? Or do you want it with Deshaun Watson and no running back? Speaking about struggling offenses, the Steelers uh, somehow are 2-1 and one with basically no offense. They go on the road to take on the Texans. This line opened up at 4.5 and, and it's down to 3. People are buying into what the Texans are doing. Texans are going to be missing both tackles right now. Both tackles are out. But both tackles were out last week. C.J. Stroud has looked as impressive as anybody in the NFL. C.J. Stroud has more passing attempts without an interception than everybody in the NFL. He has more yards than Mahomes and Allen. And the guy's got four touchdown passes. He looks good. He's doing this with really no running game because the running game has not been effective at all. So C.J. Stroud, you know, he's come in here and sort of taken things by storm silently. The fact that they have one win is is amazing. (laughs) I mean, it really is. And yeah, look, it got, they got lucky last week. I'm not saying that. But they've hung with the Ravens for a lot of that game. They hung with the Colts for a lot of that game. Texans aren't world beaters. Um, I don't understand why everybody's lining up to take them, though, without missing, with, with them missing two tackles. They now got to go against the Steelers and the best defensive player in the league in, in TJ Watt. And TJ Watt is absolutely fantastic. The Steelers are very good defensively. Offensively, it's another story. Offensively, you could sit back and you go, they scored 23 against the Ravens, 26 against the Browns, which we just talked about, seven against the Niners. They, they can't get anything going. But the Steelers' defense can win you games against teams that they're supposed to beat. And this is a team you're supposed to beat. Coaching-wise, I'll take Tomlin. Defense, I'm taking the Steelers. Now, you could say C.J. Stroud, sure, absolutely. They don't have a running game going on. I don't think that all of a sudden their running game is going to get better facing the Steelers. This number was sitting at four and a half, and I texted Tim earlier in the week, and I said, man, I think the, I, I think I want the Texans here. I got to find out about their left tackle and see what his situation is. Well, they're going to be out without two tackles, and then the line went down to three. I, I pulled off. I couldn't do it. Not at this number. I know I'm always seemingly on the side of the Steelers, guys. I'm not a Steelers fan or anything. It just I, I continue to think that they are underrated constantly. And here's another spot for that. Rams, Colts. This is a pick'em game. 
People believing in the Colts. Anthony Richardson will be back. Rams did not look good on Monday Night Football. And you could tell me that things are going to be different, but guess what? The Rams, they may not be facing the pass rush that they, they had. They're still going to be without offensive linemen. They're still going to be missing key offensive linemen for this game. And you saw when they when they were missing guys exactly what their offense became. I've said this time and time again, and I'll continue to say it. When you are a fringe team, a team that is you know battling for a playoff or maybe a wild card team, uh, you know in any sport, you just don't have the depth, and that means that your team can't handle losing. Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champions, you can lose a guy like Travis Kelsey and be perfectly okay. You can lose a guy like Chris Jones and Kelsey and still go, eh, you know what, they might win this game. If you're the Rams, you can't lose your left tackle and expect to win games. With that being said, the Colts have one major problem on their defense, and that is their secondary is terrible. Here comes Puka, here comes Tutu, and no, I'm not joking. When Matthew Stafford has time, he absolutely picks teams apart. Now, you've got to expect that Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay, boy genius over there, are going to have something with quick releases and slants and patterns so that he isn't under crazy duress. You have to expect that while Shane Steichen did a good job there with the Colts, that defensively, the Colts are going to be on their heels all day. You have to expect that the Rams are going to come up with some sort of game plan here. Something together, they're going to scratch scratch something together to give the Colts defense fits and their defensive backs, which is the weakness of their team, are going to be in trouble. That is the problem, guys. You know, you start to look at this and you go, you know, I would like to buy into the Colts, but if they can't stop, you know, the, the downfield passing, which really nobody's been able to really neutralize other than just sack. Uh, Matt Stafford, Puka's going to have a good game. You like, okay, you guys like uh, prop plays. Ooh, give me Puka. Over yards, over receptions. He's going. Okay, this is a real, real, real good chance that the Rams could run away with this thing because of how bad the Colts secondary is. Because of just, the Colts secondary is just a bad secondary. Bucks, Saints, Saints three and a half point favorites. Over the Bucks, this line is still rising. It was two and a half. It's three and a half now. Jameis Winston in a revenge game against the Bucks. Uh, you know, it's going to all be about Jameis Winston against the Bucks. Alvin Kamara is coming back. Look, we watch what Josh Jacobs can do without or what he can't do uh, effectively because he was missing camp, right? We've watched that. I think Alvin Kamara is going to be rusty. And Jameis Winston, he's not your typical backup, but let's not make it out to be that he's better than Derek Carr here. The Bucs are a feisty team. Now, they have a bad offensive line. And last week, I told you guys, the one thing that that Philly does really well uh, was get pressure up front without blitzing. And the one thing the Bucs can't control and Baker Mayfield struggles with is teams that don't have to blitz. Well, the Saints like to blitz. But if the Saints resist that temptation to blitz and they come with four, they can absolutely own this game. Absolutely could own this game. Speaking of those Eagles, they take on Washington. Nine-point favorites. You can't bet against the Eagles in this spot. Even though I kind of look at the points, I say maybe Washington could hang in there. The Eagles are 20-1 and in Jalen Hurts' starts. And they're at home, guys. Okay? Philadelphia has not been impressive so far this year. I'm sorry they haven't. Philly hasn't impressed me so far this year. Beating the Patriots by five, not impressing me. 
Barely getting by the Vikings, not impressing me. Being the Bucks, Monday Night Football, it was an impressive win. Still the Bucks. But I think Washington is a little bit of a fugazi my, themselves here, right? Washington, uh, let's be honest, should not have won that game against the Cardinals. Let's be honest, should not have won that game against the Broncos. The Washington Commanders should be 0-3. But are we making too much about their absolute beatdown against the Buffalo Bills? They couldn't get anything going. I don't expect uh, them to get much going here. I think the Eagles' defense carries the day. I'm still, the jury's still out for me on Jalen Hurts. I know everybody loves him out there. I think the jury's still out for me on him. One last game, then we'll take out a quick timeout here. Bengals are now three-point favorites over the Titans in Tennessee. The Cincinnati Bengals started 0-2 in 2022. They won 12 of the last 14 games, made the playoffs. Cincinnati sitting back at 1-2 right now. Cincinnati looked not good <laughs> on Monday night. Do not get over. If you watch that game, do not get caught up in the, in the final. What we know about the Bengals right now, their offensive line is beat up. Joe Burrow is definitely not himself. T. Higgins can't catch a cold, okay? And, and they're not able to run the ball. That's what we know about the Bengals. But their defense looks really good. Uh, the one thing you can do against the Bengals is pass deep. The one thing the Titans can't do is pass, okay? Now, the Bengals are going to have a lot of air success tomorrow because the Titans love to make you throw. And I talk about it all the time. It's a, it's a, a pass funnel offense. Uh, I'm sorry, pass funnel defense. And offense is going to have a great time, sure. But the Titans are also a team that love to drain the clock, love to eat the ball, love to, to just kind of methodically move it. As a matter of fact, the Chargers allowed Tennessee to score 27 this year, but that was the first time they scored more than 22 since week 11. Okay, they're averaging 14 points per game outside of that one game, 14 points per game since week 11 last year. The Titans offense is going to have a hard time here against the Bengals. But it just reminds me of one of those sloppy, gross games. They can't get anything going. Nobody could do much. Running games, lots of Derrick Henry. I'd be afraid to lay the three with Cincinnati. Now, there is there is a chance that Joe Burrow turns up, looks good, ankle feels great, and he kind of just rolls. And, and, and you see Joe Burrow rack up 300 yards. Higgins and Chase have great days. And I'm going to go, ah, that makes a little bit of sense because Tennessee can't defend the pass. I get it. But not what I watched. Joe Burrow looks not, forget about rusty. He looks hurt, downright hurt. I don't know if I could go betting on a hurt quarterback in a spot that he's one step away from being out of that game on the road and laying points. All right, let's take a quick timeout. When I come back, game of the day, Miami and Buffalo are going to spend a little time on that one. Raiders, Chargers, lots of injury news in that one. And yeah, we're going to get a little swifty talk there with the Chiefs and Jets, Patriots, Cowboys, Cardinals, Niners, all on the other side of the break. Right after this, right here on Heatwave Sports. And now back to Heatwave Sports. Here's Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back, Heatwave Sports. Taking you right up until the top of the hour. We're talking everything in the NFL. Well, look, I mentioned 0-3 teams staring 0-4 right in the face and what their percentages were. One team. The 1992 San Diego Chargers uh, were the only team to go 0-4 and then make the playoffs. They won 11 in the next 12. Well, what about teams that go 4-0? 4-0 teams, well, they do pretty well. The Niners are staring at 4-0 tomorrow. The Eagles can go 4-0 tomorrow. The Dolphins can go 4-0 tomorrow. We have a couple of teams staring at 4-0, and if you do go 4-0, what are the teams making the playoffs? Well, 84%, 83.7% dating back to 1990. Uh, over the past five seasons, every single team that started 4-0, as you might have guessed, 
certainly make the playoffs. That's what we have had staring at us right in the face if you are staring and looking at 4-0, which are the Niners. 4-0 is what they're doing. The Niners have extra rest for this game. The Niners are clicking on all cylinders. Brock Purdy is absolutely fantastic. Right now in his career, Brock Purdy is 11-0, averaging 32 points per game and a 67% completion percentage. Yeah. Yeah, the Niners are amazing. Christian McCaffrey, best running back in the league. Best non-quarterback, maybe you can argue, in the league. Everything is working for the Niners. And now they're laying 14 and a half points to the Arizona Cardinals. You know, those Arizona Cardinals that most people had losing, uh, being the worst team in the league, tank for Caleb Williams. We need, we need to come up with a moniker. We were looking for a moniker. You know, they had suck for luck, right? We need to come up with a moniker. To be the worst team to kind of, so the Cardinals could get Cardinals for Caleb, right? Well, they already have a win on their ledger. They won as a double-digit underdog last week, as anybody in a survivor pool certainly knows whether you had the Cowboys or you watched half your league go out with the Cowboys like I did. They beat the Cowboys last week, and that was not a fluky loss. Okay, big plays after big plays after big plays against a defense that people were talking about being this great defense. Yeah, well, the Cardinals absolutely exposed them. They should have beaten the Giants. They had a huge lead against the Giants. They should have beaten the Commanders. Look, it is not crazy. It's it, They're two plays away from being 3-0. The Cardinals are two plays away from being 3-0, but nobody believes in them. They have a quarterback that nobody really buys into. Wasn't a high draft pick. He's an older guy. and eh, Nobody buys into that. James Conner, yeah, he was good like, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, oh, yeah, nobody. Name three defensive players. Name a defensive player. no but they're playing hard. They're playing tough. They are legitimately two plays away from being 3-0. and Now they go up against a rested Niners team, a Niners team that most people believe are the best team in the league. Most people believe that this Niners team is the best team in the league. I can't lay 14 and a half points. No way. There's just no way. Even potentially the best team in the league, I can't lay 14 points here. Are you kidding me? You can't do it. Cardinals with the 14 and a half points, it makes some sense. Uh, but I can certainly see the Cinderella, you know, the shoe falling off of Cinderella's foot here and the Cinderella kind of crumbling. It wouldn't shock me to watch the Niners crush them, but there's no way I'm betting the Niners. I mean, you could get me to take the Cardinals. There's no way I'm betting the Niners here, which is a crazy thing to say. Look, if I'm in a survivor pool and still alive, and by the way, I am. I'm in two survivor pools still to, still alive. Um, I am taking the Niners, right? I mean, if you have the opportunity, I'm taking the Niners here. I have saved the Niners in one of my pools. Yeah, I'm taking the Niners, and I'm not looking back. I don't think they lose the game. 14 and a half points is a lot of points to be given to a team that's playing with this much enthusiasm, this hard, in this fashion. I think that this is a tough, tough game to go out there and handicap. Talk about Patriots, Cowboys. Cowboys were a seven and a half point favorite. Money came flowing in on the Cowboys. Now the line's down to six. We, we, I'll tell you right now, we like the Patriots going into the contest and they were getting seven. So even in the middle of the week, it was seven. Now it's fallen down to six. The Patriots have done a really good job defensively this year against just about everybody. Just about everybody. The Patriots went out there and shut down the Jets. Zach Wilson, no problem, of course. 
But they also made Jalen Hurts struggle. They made Tua look downright regular, didn't he? Tua 249, one touchdown, one interception. Not great. Uh, Belichick's got this defense playing really well. You can argue, and, and I talked about this on my Twitter account this week, where they gave a list of the top 10 cornerbacks and, and Gonzalez wasn't even there. I, are you kidding me? You can argue he's the best cornerback in the league. He's going to be head-to-head with C.D. Lamb. This game's going to come down to, can the Cowboys count on Pollard to just carry the rock? We know that Dak is going to be efficient. I don't think Dak is going to be the game, the guy that wins or loses this game because the Patriots secondary is so strong. This is going to be about, can Tony Pollard carry the rock, carry the, the load here, and kind of really put the Cowboys on his back and win? Cowboys defense is going to be able to suffocate Mac Jones. Right? Mac Jones in his career is 0-13 when opponents score more than 24 points on him. Mac Jones is also 3-12 in his career against teams that are eventual playoff teams. So you, you don't want to take Mac Jones to win this game. But can he keep it close? Well, the Patriots have kept everything close. The, the Patriots, it's funny because they're not getting any credit because they're one and two and they struggle with the Jets. But the Eagles, who a lot of people are going, ah, here we go. Eagles are rolling after what they just did. They lost by five and had the ball late. A chance to win that game. The Dolphins, oh, the most unstoppable force ever, right? The Dolphins, everyone's loving them. Miami going to the Super Bowl. Oh, Miami, this, Miami. Oh, everybody's loving Miami. They lost by a touchdown in a game that came down to a measurement where they very well could have won that game. Patriots are flying a little bit under the radar. But I'm surprised about this spread. At seven and a half, I got it. Seven and a half, I understood the spread. This is an interesting spread, though. This is an interesting number. Raiders, Chargers. Let's talk Las Vegas. The Raiders can't run the ball. The Raiders have a backup quarterback. Jimmy G is going to be out. I think it should be Aiden O'Connell. I'm pretty sure they're going to go with Brian Hoyer. That's why you bring in the veteran. Okay, I, I, I get it. You wanted to. You just have to know McDaniels. You have to know the coaching tree. He's going to play Brian Hoyer. As would Bill. That's who we learned from. Um, the Raiders' offensive line looks bad. The Raiders' defensive backs look bad. All of it is true. Raiders are now, it's up to a six and a half point underdog, and I'm seeing it touch seven in some spots. I'm not counting the Raiders out. I'm not. Because of this. The, first of all, the Chargers find ways to lose. I, I mean, let, let's just be honest. The, the Chargers just find ways to lose. And if you want to go down, you like trends, you like history, you like history. It seems every Raiders-Chargers game, and I could give you the numbers if you really want to, every Raiders-Chargers game is always decided by like a touchdown. I, I mean, we have that in front of us. But the Chargers, guys, Austin Eckler will be out tomorrow, okay? He's he's doubtful, but 90% chance Austin Eckler is not playing. I don't have him in my fantasy lineup. You shouldn't have him in yours, okay? Mike Williams, who is their number two receiver, is out. That's a big blow. You could tell me Josh Palmer's going to come in or their first-round pick, Quinn Johnson, who's done absolutely nothing this year except drop balls. <clears throat> you could tell me that these guys are going to come in there and they're going to look great and it's going to be seamless and it's going to be no problem. I'm going to tell you, you know, while I think Justin Herbert will be great and seamless and no problem, I can't count on his receivers. On the other side, Derwin James is banged up. This defense is terrible. The Chargers defense, I just told you, they gave up 27 points to Tennessee, who hadn't scored 22 points since week 11 last week, or last year, okay? The Chargers defense is terrible. I could pass on the Chargers defense. Chargers defense can be passed on, but they certainly can be run on. 
you prop players out there, this is the get-right game for Josh Jacobs. And I'm telling you guys, Raiders fans right now, if this is not the get-right game for Josh Jacobs, if this is not the get-healthy game for Josh Jacobs, if this is not the game where Josh Jacobs absolutely goes off, and I'm not talking about 22 carries for 70 yards or 22 carries for 75. No, no, no. I'm talking about 20 carries, 100-plus yards, two touchdowns. I mean, if this isn't the game, I'm really getting concerned about Josh Jacobs. I know that the offensive line stinks, but I'm I'm discounting a lot of what Jacobs has done this year, and I'm going, yeah, you know what? I think he's a little rusty. I think he comes back, and I do think he has a big game. I think he does have a big game, okay? So I'm banking on that. But I'm telling you now, guys, this is not a, a just because – Jimmy G's out of this game. It's a throwaway game. No, no, no. I think the Raiders can win this game. Now, I'm not betting it. <laughs> okay? So, I can be as enthusiastic as I want with fake money. I'm not betting it, but it's a game that I'm looking at and I'm going, I'm not taking the Chargers. I can't take the Chargers with this defense. Defense is terrible. And they're missing their running back. Don't tell me Joshua Kelly's anything special. And they're missing Mike Williams, the number two wide receiver. Don't tell me Quentin Johnson's going to step in there. I like Josh Palmer, but I don't know if he's going to be 100%. You know, the guy now all of a sudden? Seems to me that the Chargers are losing a lot of weapons, just like the Raiders are losing weapons, except that the Raiders' loss of a weapon is the big-name weapon. I think Brandon Hoyer is smart enough to, to hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs and find Devontae Adams, and that's the Raiders' offense. For better or for worse right now, that's it. That's what it has been. That's what it was designed to be. Hand the ball off to Jacobs, throw it to Devontae. The problem is, you've been handing it off to Jacobs uh, against defenses that just shut him down. But the Steelers, the Bills, and look, the Bronco game gets you, but he had no camp. I'm making excuses. He had no camp. Then you go up in the Bills and the Steelers, I mean, you know, these are pretty good defenses, guys. They're pretty good defenses. So I, I am looking at this and I'm going... Yeah, this is a spot where you have to turn around and you have to like the Chargers. You have to like the way that Justin Herbert's playing. Raiders fans are going to fill that building up. Raiders fans are going to watch Josh Jacobs be able to run the ball down their throat. And Raiders fans might be having a backup quarterback, but it wouldn't surprise me if he plays well. It's hard to go against the guy with the best numbers in the league, and that is Justin Herbert right now. Make no mistake, Justin Herbert has the best numbers in the league. It's hard to go against him. But I like some of the things that the Raiders can do. Sunday night, Kelsey, Swift, that's all going to be all the talk. Oh, yeah, the line went up to 10.5 earlier in the week. It's back down to 8.5. The Jets, a home underdog, getting 8.5 points on Sunday night. Usually that is a jump on the Jets moment. But how can you bet against the Chiefs? How can anybody bet against the Chiefs in this spot? Look, forget about all the, the, the tongue-in-cheek, ha-ha-ha, and not my tongue in your cheek or Kelsey's tongue and Swifty's cheek. ha No, but forget about all the nonsense, about all the chatter off the field. The Kansas City Chiefs are getting healthy. The Kansas City Chiefs' offense is, is finding their groove again with Kelsey and Mahomes. I mentioned last week, and I mentioned before the year, how long can they rely upon McKinnon and Kelsey? Well, they made Looney look like a fool last week because what they used, McKinnon and Kelsey. And they're going to ride that into the ground. I think Bachenko is going to have a rough go of it here, but he's still the kind of runner that they're going to feed and feed and feed. And he can get that tough yard. I don't think he's going for 100 yards, but he doesn't have to. He's just got to kind of keep the Jets honest. Sauce Gardner has been beaten this year, by the way. 
and he's not going to be one-on-one. -on -one. I saw some graphic one-on-one -on -one with Travis Kelsey. They're not putting sauce on Travis Kelsey. They're not putting him on a tight end. So you can forget that. That puts the Jets at a disadvantage. But I think that the biggest advantage that the Jets, uh, that the Chiefs have here, we could talk about Mahomes against that defense because that makes clicks. That's a fun story to have. That's entertaining. Yeah, let's go. Sauce and Williams against Kelsey and Mahomes. Oh, that's interesting. Here we go. The reality is that this Chiefs defense is really good. The Chiefs defense has to start scaring people. The Lions, for all their offensive antics, only scored three touchdowns against them in week one. That was without Chris Jones. The Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, here we go. New offense, scored nine. The Bears are the Bears, right? Should have been shut out. The Chiefs defense is really good. And what we've watched with Zach Wilson, and the Zach Wilson pile-on continues, right? Joe Namath called him out and everything. What we've watched is they can't score more than a touchdown. So, if you're the most optimistic Jet fan, you can't possibly think you're keeping Mahomes to under, what, 21 points? Even the most optimistic Jet fans goes, all right, Mahomes is going to find a way to score about 20 points or so. Meanwhile, I think he's going to score more, but the most optimistic, can the Jets score 20? No. So you go, all right, we're going to have a great game. Jets are going to have an amazing, amazing, amazing game, okay? And you're the biggest Jet fan in the world. You go, we're going to get hold, hold, hold the Chiefs to 14. To 14. Can the Jets score 14? The answer is no. So uh, this is where you start to come into that. How can you possibly bet the Jets scenario? You may not want to lay eight and a half points on the road, you know, in prime time against a good defense. I get that. Team up against the, the backs against the wall. I get that. I get it. If you don't want to lay the eight and a half, fine. That's fine. But I don't know how anybody could go out there and take the Jets. Not with the state of the team that it is. Players are yelling at players, screaming at coaches on the sidelines. The media is all over Zach Wilson. It's a mess. It's a disaster. I'm telling you now, um, it's gotten so bad that Aaron Rodgers, who is maybe the worst teammate of all time, is trying to step in and help out. The Jets, by the way, have had two of the three worst graded offensive linemen in the league. So it's not, let's let's be honest, it's not all Zach Wilson's fault here, right? I mean, the guy's getting killed out there. He's getting absolutely crushed. It's something to absolutely pay attention to. All right, guys, let's take our last time out. Come on back. I saved one game. Yeah, Bills, Dolphins, could be the AFC Championship game, certainly the game of the day tomorrow. Break that down on the other side of the break right after this, right here on Heat Wave Sports. <laughs> Gold carpets and banner raising are all on the horizon as the Vegas Golden Knights open up the regular season at home as they host the Kraken on Tuesday, October 10th for what is sure to be a magical night at the Fortress. But once the puck drops, the Knights have to forget about last year because the new season has begun and becoming a dynasty is hard work and starts with Game 1. Pre-game starts at 6.30 on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 13.40 AM. This show is different. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Make him say, oh! Make him say, ah! Ladies and gentlemen. So Damian Lillard has been traded. So is Drew Holiday. Um, and so has DeAndre Ayton. And of, of the teams that did well, obviously you're going to look at Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And 
I, I actually love what the Phoenix Suns said. The Doug Gottlieb Show. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekdays at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Whether it's for your home or business, the boss has you covered. Boss Plumbing and HVAC specializes in commercial and residential air conditioning, heating, and plumbing. The Boss team of experienced technicians are committed to delivering professional quality work. Estimates are free, always upfront pricing, and you'll never incur surprise costs or hourly fees. Experience 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Call Boss Plumbing and HVAC today at 702-331-3993. Don't call just anybody. Call the boss. If you need to sell your house, talk to Aaron Taylor. You want to sell it fast and get the most cash. Talk to Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy. Welcome to the Real Estate Jackpot, folks. Aaron and Jacob Taylor, the real estate guys, are here to make your home selling experience a winning one. Feeling lucky? We got a deal you can't resist. We offer a cash advance to all sellers with zero interest. Roll the dice with us. We'll handle all repairs with no upfront money. No need to wager your hard-earned savings on home improvements. Are you holding a house of horrors? No worries. We buy all ugly and distressed properties for cash within five days. And Jacob, here's the best part. We'll make sure you hit the real estate jackpot, getting you the most money for your home. Trust the real estate guys. Nevada's number one real estate brand with 28 years of experience and over 7,000 families helped. So call us today, 702-310-6683. That's 702-310-MOVE. EXP Realty, license number 388886. Call for details. Talk to Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy. Vegas' new live show is coming to the Las Vegas Strip. BattleBots Destructathon. Let the bot battle begin. Check out this intense, action-packed, high-drama arena show. BattleBots Destructathon. Tickets on sale now at BattleBots.com. And Ticketmaster.com. You've seen it on TV, now see it live and up close. Robot Combat. BattleBots Destructathon. Behind the Horseshoe Hotel and Casino. Go to BattleBots.com for more info. If your bank account is causing you headaches, switch to One Nevada Credit Union. With 46,000 free ATMs, innovative mobile apps, and convenient local branches, you can kiss your banker goodbye forever. Open an account online today or find a local branch at OneNevada.org. One Nevada Credit Union. Our one Nevada is open to all Clark County residents. Federally insured by the NCUA Equal Opportunity Lender. If anybody needs superheroes on their side, it's children with cancer. Join us for the Candlelighters Childhood Cancer Foundation of Nevada's Superhero 5K, presented by Centennial Toyota. Build a super team of friends, family, and coworkers to raise much-needed funds for local families battling childhood cancer. The Candlelighters Superhero 5K is in person on Saturday, September 18th at Mountain's Edge Exploration Peak Park with a virtual race option starting September 13th. Register your team at candlelightersnv.org. Now back to Heatwave Sports with Tom Bart. It is uh, across the pond, Falcons, Jaguars. But the day's going to be highlighted by the last game that we have to talk about. Dolphins-Bills. This is an absolute slugfest. The Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The Miami Dolphins are 3-0. The Miami Dolphins just won a game by 50 points. The Miami Dolphins are healthy. Miami Dolphins just put up 70. And they're an underdog against the Bills. I'll tell you what the public thinks about the Bills. Now, the Bills have absolutely owned the series. You know, there's no doubt about that. 
the Buffalo Bills have not only owned the series, they have, I mean, you know, they've won, uh, what, nine of the last 10 games. But they've also offensively just dominated Miami. 34, 32, 19, 26, 35, 56, 31, 37, 31, 42. You're talking about uh, in those 10 games, they put up 30 or more points in eight of them. And I think that that is the one concern here about Miami is while we know that they could score and score at will, it's the defense that you have to be concerned about. Waddle's coming back healthy. Tyreek is there. This is great. And everybody is kind of making this game out. And you'll see it tomorrow in all the pregame shows. And I'm sure all the uh, mediocre talking heads all over this weekend all talked about the Bills defense against the Dolphins offense, which is a focal point because the Bills defense is very good and healthy. The Dolphins offense is one of the best offenses that we've seen early in the season uh, in a very long time. And it is a great talking point. Bills defense, Dolphins offense. Oh, we're going to have this battle and this battle. The battle really is Josh Allen and this offense against the Miami Dolphins defense. Because Josh Allen against the Dolphins has been at his best. Josh Allen against the Dolphins in his career has a passer rating of 106.1, 2,684 yards. Josh Allen in his career, 27 touchdowns in five interceptions in 10 games. Guys, he's just short of averaging three touchdowns a game. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just just go back to to what he's recently done. Last time he saw this team, guys, put up four touchdowns, three hundred and four yards. Time before that, only two touchdowns. But oh, by the way. 400 yards of pass. The last two times that Josh Allen has seen Miami, he's put up 704 yards and six touchdowns. The last two games against them. So this could be, the talk can be all about the 70 points and Tua and all of that you want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. But are we sitting back and are we not just going, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You know, can we can we wait and not crown Tua? the greatest of all time, when Josh Allen is just absolutely owned, owned this contest? You could tell me it's a different team. Tell me it's a different situation. Not on the Dolphins' defense, though. Dolphins defensively are look very much the same that they did last year. They, they don't have Jalen Ramsey back yet, right? So let everybody else handicap this game, saying it's going to be Miami against Buffalo, Miami's offense, Buffalo's defense. Let them say that. Do you know the reality? The reality is going to be, can Miami stop Josh Allen, who has absolutely owned this team win-loss-wise, has had his best games ever against this team, and in the last two contests, the same players that are on the field, the same defense that's on the field, the same guys that are going to try to stop him, 700 yards the last two games and six touchdowns through the air for Josh Allen. He has dominated the defense that he's going to see tomorrow. Absolutely dominated. They may not uh, you know, put up 70 again. I could go on the limb and say they're not going to. They may have to put up 40, though. Highest over-under on the day, by the way. 53 and a half. Um, to go back to my point earlier, 12 and 4 under week 1, 3 and 13 under week 2, 11 and 5 under week 3. 
Right? It's been up and down. And by the way, one one last note here. Tyreek Hill has never gone for 100 yards against the Bills in the regular season. I, I, I'm making a case for the Bills, even though I think it's going to just be a great game. It's going to be one of those sit back and, and have a couple of beers type of game, um, as opposed to, to making a bet on it. But we are talking about free picks. It is about that time. Our best bet, our free picks, whatever you want to call the segment. Um, C-Win absolutely crushed it last week. He he not only said that Miami was going to win. He, he, I think he used the term boat race them. He's going to absolutely crush this team. And that is exactly, exactly what they did. C-Win gets on the board with his first win of the season in, in a just dominating fashion. This week, Chris Wynn, for the Heat Wave Sports Free Picks Contest. Chris Wynn is going with the Texans plus the three points. We'll give him the full three points here. Um, yeah, look, Chris, I get it. A lot of people are with you. The steam is there. Everyone's with you. I, I'm not betting against you on the Steelers. Uh, I, I'm just a little hesitant. I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. But I, I'm sitting back and I'm going, I get it. I get it, right? Timmy, Timmy won last week as well. The Timmy teaser hit last week as well. So both of them on the board now with a win. Tim, Jacksonville plus four, Eagles minus two in his two-game teaser. I like them both. I mean, the Eagles, again, I gave you the number. You got to expect the Eagles to lose that game. They're 21 all-time with Jalen Hurts in the regular season. How, how do you how do you not go against them at home in that spot? And uh, the Jags, I like it. I like the Jags. We're going to know that pretty early on, Tim. We're going to know that free pick pretty early on because uh, – 6.30 a.m. game. So it comes down to my free pick. I had my first loss. I was 2-0. I had my first loss last week. Uh, Detroit let me down on a team total over. I try to get cute, give a little team total over there. I'm not going to do it. I, I am sitting back in a position where, look, guys, <laughs> I just think it's going to be one of those games, right? One of those games where it's just ugly and it's dirty and it's nasty and give me the Bengals and Titans under the 41 points. The Titans' offense just looks worse and worse, okay? Um, they, they they have scored more than 22 points once, like I said, since week 11. It was back to normal last week. They put up three points against the Browns. Last week, they totaled 94 total yards. They're averaging 14 points a game. Cincinnati clearly banged up Joe Burrow. Um, they want to run the ball. They want to keep him clean. I don't think either team reaches 20 here. So 41 is a gift for me. Guys, go check out all of my plays at TomBartonSports.com. That is TomBartonSports.com. Jump on board, TomBartonSports.com. You get a three-day package of $25. That's the way to introduce you to the way that I do business. No sales calls, no commission, no upgrades, absolutely no fees of any kind. Get every single play that I select in the NFL, college football, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball playoffs, which we're going to try to get into tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Tim Unglesby will be back with me. We're going to talk about all of the NFL games, see how our free picks did, preview the Monday night football game, and do a little bit of Major League Baseball playoff preview because, yeah, the playoffs are just about here. It's kind of starting to work its way out. Enjoy your games tomorrow, Las Vegas. And remember, guys, this is a, a week that could be a defining week for some teams. Do not discount how that can play into their mindset. Don't discount how must-win games or seemingly must-win games starts to play into the mindset of these players next week. Have a very good night, everybody.